You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. You're listening to The Mando Show, a podcast and review of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian and all things Star Wars. This week, we talk about Disney Gallery on the book of Boba Fett. Welcome back, everybody, to The Mando Show. This week, we are talking about the behind-the-scenes of Book of Boba Fett in Disney Plus's gallery. As always, the behind-the-scenes stuff they put out there is some uh, insightful, high-quality info, and we're always appreciative when we get to see it. It's almost uh, become, become kind of a ritual for us to... Uh, watch that and you know and take take even more enjoyment of the show we just finished watching but anyways before we get to that we're gonna do our intros here to the left of me is udi alvarado star wars fan and podcaster and across the table for me five show joe an apologetic star wars fan and fellow podcaster and to the right of me chad the resident mandalorian hi chad hello thanks for being here Hey, Chad. Good to see you. How you doing? Sup. Sup. And I am Derek Alvarado, father of two, tattoo artist and Star Wars fan for life. All right. So we got, uh, we knew this was coming, right? We, yeah. We saw it. They announced that this was going to be one of the offerings for May the 4th, uh, an official Star Wars day. Right. Mm-hmm. May the 4th. What'd you guys do for me the fourth? You guys do anything? Work. Me too. Any- work and watched A New Hope. Watched Empire and worked. Mm-hmm. I watched. So I, I'm sure we all watch the movies throughout the year, uh, all year long. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, one thing I've been doing is actually watching like the parodies, like Robot Chicken DVDs and mm-hmm. uh, Family Guys, and even stuff so special uh, special features. Like one of my favorite things to watch. Uh, I didn't do this year, but is the uh, Star Warriors documentary on the Blu-ray set, the original Blu-ray set mm-hmm. of the uh, 5501st uh, garrison from around the world that were selected to uh, march during the uh, Rose Parade, I think 2007-ish. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas was uh, the Grand Marshal of that parade, mm-hmm. so they did a huge, uh, multiple floats. So they had like over 100 uh, troops from around the world, plus the... Uh, uh, Grambling marching band as it, it, if you haven't seen the documentary it's amazing but it's oh, one of my cool. favorites to watch ever since then that uh that parade has a huge star wars costuming presence ever since yeah and it gets bigger every every year it's like it is a staple and like a almost like a rite of passage in the star wars costuming community to walk in that march it's really cool so the rose parade's going to turn into the star wars parade eventually. i mean it already is <laughs> nice that's awesome Especially if USC is in the Rose Bowl, which they have been recently because that is George Lucas's alma mater. Oh, very cool. All right on. Uh, well, we hope you guys had a 
Star Wars filled May the 4th. Anyway, so moving on to the actual subject that we're going to talk about, the behind the scenes, Book of Boba Fett, uh, the Star Wars Galaxy, or Gallery, sorry, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, but they, they had quite a few different things that they showed. Um, for me, I'm just going to go ahead and start out with the one thing that stood out the most to me um, was everybody's favorite Jedi, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. How much he was there for his doppelganger uh, to do his, his spot. Um, it was incredibly interesting to see how much he coached and guided and did the actual scene before the other guy, which I can't remember his name right now, um, actually performed the scene also. And, you know, they had some small snippets of Mark talking to them and, you know, putting his input and what he thought uh, Luke would be doing and that kind of stuff. Um, So, I mean, we all kind of know that Mark Hamill is is into Luke Skywalker and the Star Wars fandom and all that as much as he is that he's very much into it. Um, almost, almost to a level that's that's like beyond Star Wars nerd. You know what I mean? That the rest of us are. Um, we can almost asp- hope to aspire to be as big of a Star Wars nerd <laughs> as Mark Hamill is. Um, but watching him do his thing and then to see the other actors being excited to work with him. And this is when you find out that the other actors really are just as big Star Wars fans as they claim to be. And uh, the one that sticks out, and I'm sure it sticks out in everybody's mind, is when Rosario Dawson walks up and she she, she recounts her story of coming up and finding out that she's actually going to be doing the scene with Mark Hamill because she didn't know. And uh, that little scene of her like walking up, Mark Hamill's sitting there. She turns around and she makes a face like we all have done when we see something. We turn around, we're just like, <laughs> like Christmas you Day. Know? You see yeah, the, the toy that you've been waiting that all big excited for. look, yeah. And uh, you know to see her do that was really uh, it was it was touching and it was it was awesome to see that genuine happiness fandom you know, showing. Yeah, fangirl the moment. Fandom. Yep, <laughs> yep. And what I loved even more is the Plo Clune. Mm-hmm. How that that little joke always played through, and I'm like, you know, and and for her to be like, how did I not catch that? I'm like, exactly. Like right. for anybody now, like Plo Clune, you already know, like that's Luke. Where's Luke? Like you start, yeah. you know, you're heading. Or what's trouble. Dave up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing, yeah. Dave? What are you doing? Red Dave? Harry. Yeah, Red Harry. Dave. I think the Star Wars Facebook posted like, oh, meet the actor who played Plo Koon at Star Wars Celebration. I wanted to respond like, I've seen too many Dave Filoniisms to <laughs> yeah, th- to yeah. believe that Plo Koon's really going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize Mark Hamill. He was on set as much. Again, something that that was hid really well. But it was completely evident in the show because from this episode opposed to the finale of Mando, I mean, we were talking about, when we were talking about the episode, how much they got the facial expressions and even just the, you know, the size Mm -hmm. and everything makes sense when he's there on set. Like, this is how he wouldn't say anything. He would either squint his eyes or like when, you know, when Yoda passed away in Return of the Jedi, he kind of just has that little sigh and stuff. And Mm -hmm. we saw a lot of that. But like I said, it's completely evident with him being on set for a lot of time too. Yeah, and, and you and the one thing that watching that made me appreciate Mark Hamill even more is knowing how he, like you were saying, Derek, how, how into doing 
you know, the scene he was in, even though he knew, you know, face, whatever, would not be in the final cut. It didn't matter. I mean, he talking about little things about when he's laying down the armor, the lightsaber, all these little details that you could think, eh, what does it matter? But he was completely in into the craft. And there's one thing about Mark Hamill, you have to learn to, or have to appreciate Mm-hmm. You know, so into the craft and, and didn't matter. And then being there for the character. And I think, you know, that is one of the reasons why a lot of people connect with Luke is just, again, having that Mark Hamill being so in tune with the character and wanting to be the best for the character that we all kind of, we, we feel the genuine love and we just migrate to it. So it was great, yeah. Because not just being there, but he didn't have to be in costume, in yeah. full costume. But yeah. it, full, lightsaber, everybody, the whole yeah. thing. Same haircut. I mean, that was Luke Skywalker. Yep, working working on all the details, all of it. Yep, and then uh, when they did show how they started doing the putting Luke's face over the double, mm-hmm. you know how the video looked at to begin with and stuff like that. And I mean, just seeing that part of it was really interesting. I like how was it John Knoll who basically mentioned and called out that like, hey, we got showed up in our deep fake technology. And they acknowledged that they brought him in and mm-hmm. changed the way they did the whole thing for um, the last, uh, for for this, I'm sorry, Book of Boba Fett. It was, I liked that they acknowledged it and kind of explained the process of moving forward because technologically speaking, that was a huge advancement. So it was good to know, you know yeah. what, what took place. Yeah, and then watching them talking about how they, they wanted to go where it would break. You know, they wanted to push it and push it and push it until it broke. And then having... You know, you see, because we're all going to be curious, or anybody who likes BTS is going to be very curious about, oh, how did they pull that off? And to have that, how they did that, and, and for them to show it, I'm like, that was amazing. I would have never thought of it. Yeah, seeing it break, I never I never imagined something like that occurred yeah. that you would have to respond to, so that was really interesting to see. Yeah, that makes me go, who came up with the idea on how to do that? That That is always the other part of that. It was like, how did you even... You mentally like, oh, I bet you if we did that, 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 we could make that, that, that. I'm like, man, it's amazing to me. It was just very cool to, to watch. And then going to the fact that he could admit that they needed to step up mm-hmm. their game. I mean, that just to me shows not just the level of humility, but a level of uh, genuinely wanting to do the best show possible. Yeah. You know, if, even if they go to somebody that they had no idea who it was and, and did a better job than then and went and found out, got it, got a hold of the info, got them and, and, and put it into the show. I mean, that's, that says volumes, I think mm-hmm. as to, uh, the commitment to what they do, you know? So it was really great to see that part of it too. I mean, I, I keep thinking we're, we're not going to see anything new from these guys. And yet here we are, we still see something new. So, yeah, and kind of sticking with this scene be, before we get to the volume that you kind of mentioned, uh, even seeing the puppeteers pushing their limits and pushing their borders on Grogu's actions with the flips and trying to make it as much of the puppet as possible. And again, any time they use practical over the easy CGI, it definitely pays off in spades. I loved how they showed how much practical effects they used because it looked so great. And the effort that goes behind it, yep. It looks so amazing. And yeah, like you said, the effort pays off. I mean, you can tell it's a puppet, but I mean, that's not not the point. It looks great. It looks so much better and so much real. So yeah, I mean, again, the the 
amazing job by the puppeteers because, I mean, you see them, they're trying to figure out, okay, how would he land or, you know, how would he take off and just every little thing being that it's, what, two or three people just to puppeteer mm-hmm. them. So just that teamwork and coordination to pull it off was great. And that they tried over and over and over. Yeah. They did show that it wasn't just like, okay, that's good enough. No, it was like, we need to make this look, which is the best version of what we can do. So, yeah, watching that happen, it's always gratifying. And, and uh, you know, you, it lets you know that what they're putting out is absolutely the best that they're, they can do. They're not, they're not phoning it in. Yeah. For sure. Another, I mean, since we kind of started off on that part with the, the fan, uh, the fan geeking. Right the yeah. Well, no, no, that's okay. I mean, it, <laughs> but the the geeking out of Ahsoka, probably the other great geeking out moment was seeing Ming Na Wen, and especially seeing her geek out off a deep cut eighty eight. She's like, I can't listen to you telling me what to do when eighty eight standing right in mm-hmm. front of me. I mean, she's like, I am such in like nerd heaven right now, and uh, we've talked about it multiple times. But just like her on on uh, social media as Rosario, Katie Sackhoff. I mean, these are actors that are genuinely excited and just like like if we were on on set ourselves. And it's just really cool seeing that stuff. Yeah, I, I think the other one that I found pretty cool was somebody you've run across, Doug Chen. Mm, yeah, um, and his excitement to be able to sit in the uh, Nabu. When they show that, yeah, mm. <clears throat> that his explanation of how they did all that. And how it was kind of a throwback to American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Which we and, all knew it was. Because yeah. we, we saw it. Exactly. That's exactly what we called and, it. And, yeah. and, and when they brought that, I'm like, okay, you can see that. But watching that and then and then watching his excitement about being in there and flying it through the volume, I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine? Like you, And he's like, I drew it to like 23 years ago. And, da, yeah. da, 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 and I'm like, yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> there you are. You're sitting in now in a hot rotted version. Yeah. You know, even even better. In the volume, looking like you're actually flying. Yep. Yeah. That oh, is pretty man. amazing. Yep. Pretty amazing. Because I believe his original sketch, it was closer to that chrome look mm-hmm. than Lucas wanted to add the more yellow. Yeah. I've got the book here yeah. somewhere. I and I, I mean, it. just yeah. watching the, yeah. the behind the scenes of the Phantom Menace too. Yeah. So. Man, I mean. Oh, I, Seeing these legends mm-hmm. just geek out about Star Wars nowadays. I mean. Seeing the creators geek out makes you geek out. Because you know they're bringing the best product that the fans are going to love. And it's not, and that's not what I mean is fan service, because it's not fan service by any means. They're just putting out the best product because it makes them excited. And so us as the fans watch it and we're excited. Yeah. And that's absolutely true, too, because I know how I get when I get started into a particular tattoo design when I'm working on someone. And if it's something I'm genuinely excited about doing, I do. Put, I mean, I always put effort into it, but for some reason it just clicks in. Like there's just a certain, there's a certain creative click that happens that just, it just puts you into overdrive and, and I end up doing, you know, more than I thought I could mm-hmm. and I always end up being much happier with, with it and <laughs> still finding, still finding faults because there's that, that's the perfectionist in me, but, um, you you do, and I can see that when they get excited about the things that they're doing. It's absolutely a thing that happens. So for people who don't do creative stuff or just think that it's just hot air that's coming out of us to try and uh, make ourselves sound more important, it's it's not that at all. It's the fact that that creative click does happen, and you just 
you can't help yourself. You you just pour everything you 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 can into it to to make it even better than what you thought you could. And it's just that's just how that creative side works. But I mean, thank thank God they have that many people on all the Star Wars projects right mm-hmm. now that have that kind of drive behind them, that kind of creativity. It really is a thing that that pushes the boundaries and make things look the way they are, sound the way they sound. Um, it's, it's almost superseding what the actors do. I feel, I feel like maybe they're, they're, they're making the actor's job so easy to, to believe. Cause I mean, we, we seen the behind the scenes stuff with, um, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen when they were blocking out the, their, major lightsaber fight and all the green foam that, that they had to stand on and do the fighting and then they have to imagine, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. what the situation is and, and pretend to be in it. And now we have a, the volume and they don't have to pretend to see what's around them anymore. I mean, yeah. they get to see it. How much they talk about just making their job. I don't know if easier is the right word, but helps them become that character even mm-hmm. more so because they are literally in the environment that you can't be in if you're not that person. Yep. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think we said it before, you cannot un- underest- or overestimate the effect of being in the volume has in the overall production. You just can't. And I mean, like like you're saying, there, it's got to be a thing where they're there. It brings everything out. They don't. They they they're all there. They're all on the same page. They can all feel, and they don't have to be, you know, figuring out like, well, what did you see? How did you feel? It's like all right there. Yeah, and I I mean I know we were talking about it as the season was going, but there's parts and points of the show where we I mean we I think me and Chad or Chad said it, but it was like you just kind of gave up on trying to decide what, what's volume, what's real or not. But then seeing like, Oh my God, you know, certain scenes on the, on the behind the scenes, like, Oh crap, that was blue screen or that was in the volume. I mean, it's that good now. And I mean, it doesn't take you out of it, but i um, kind of going back to uh, people that care about what they're doing. Uh, I mean, the show starts off with Rodriguez talking and I love when everything goes back to George and, and the way he was talking about, you know, just the creative independent, you know, just kind of uh, risk taker, but then everything just everything comes back to George. I just love when like him and Dave just go to that. So, and you see that these guys are fans and they were inspired by this guy. So, but you know, I I did find it interesting that Robert Rodriguez was brought on board for any Star Wars stuff because um, I mean he's done some some kind of sci fi ish things in the past. Uh, and a lot of his acting st- or his directing style and the types of movies that he does, um, you know, pretty, pretty heavily action based that I can remember and, you know, almost outlandish in, in the things that he does. Um, you know, the hero walking away from a huge explosion that, you know, fighting a ridiculous amount of henchmen, that kind of stuff. So, but always set on earth, or it's a relatively close, <laughs> relatively close <laughs> to it. Machete in space. <laughs> <laughs> but to see him get brought on for Star Wars and bring that same kind of energy, like I, I, I've been a Rodriguez fan for a while. And I know we've mentioned this before, um, but to watch him bring that energy to the entire the series of, of Boba Fett, 
was really it was really good and and it it made me happy to see that he he took to it and was as enthusiastic about it as any other star wars fan that could possibly want to do it and uh, to bring all his experience and having that just tiny little bit of different outlook on it to help you get like yeah this is star wars but we get to see just a little bit of a different version of it that that keeps you interested in watching it and seeing seeing his process he's always been very open about his process um i know that he talks about it a lot and anytime anybody wants to listen to him about what he's doing he's more than willing to share and i've that's also a very refreshing thing that that they're all doing there i mean clearly all work together as a team yeah and so Mm -hmm. the openness to it to it all that we still see it that that openness is there that they all work together maybe one particular person gets the credit for something at one time but overall they all seem to be working on it all the time together through everything yeah it's not it's not ever just like robert rodriguez directed but really filoni was there favreau was there Bryce Dallas Howard was there. Like other people were there too at the same time and they were all working together to make this show happen. And that's that's awesome to see that the the ego gets put aside. I mean, and what more of a perfect vehicle for that than Star Wars? That yeah. everybody puts their ego aside to make Star mm-hmm. Wars happen. Yep. So and kind of piggybacking on that, I mean, people could say what they want to get uh, about Rodriguez. Uh I'm a big fan of his also, but I mean, and I watch a lot of special features and there's very few directors that even collaborate with their actors as much as he does. And you could tell that, I mean, you could just with his, uh, uh, what he was saying when him and Tamora kind of bonded over music. Mm-hmm. He said he likes right. to play music with all of his actors cause it gets you on the same page and you start thinking alike when you can play together. Yeah. And you see them jamming out a little bluesy style song about a bantha or something, but it was cool. I'm I'm waiting for it on Spotify. So. <laughs> he needs to have like a little soundtrack of all the tr- things he's done with all those different actors. You know, it's got to be somewhere. He's probably got it for he himself. He probably has that. Like, oh yeah, here you want to hear something cool? This is what me jam with you know over here. Yep. I, so I like seeing in the gallery kind of what you said. Everybody collaborating together, um, and a lot of Favreau there too, and he's. He's not like he's not a dictator as the executive producer and like showrunner. He's very much like, why don't we try it this way or think of this? He's just like he's throwing ideas out there and letting people play with them and create them. Um, and I, you really get that sense. And I, I think I mentioned it prior to the show is how kind of deep on a level he's thinking. While everybody's thinking about the show, he's thinking about much deeper cuts like what what is really powerful cinematography that we've seen that we can reuse and specifically they reference Lawrence of Arabia. And it's like, I never even thought of that when we, when we saw that, I never thought of a lot of that, but that's, you know, what John Favreau is doing. He's over in the corner while everybody's thinking about how we're going to, you know, direct this star Wars book of Boba Fett episode. Favreau's in the corner thinking much, much bigger picture on stuff. And that's, I thought that was really cool. Well, and that's what he's there for. He's a lot, got a lot of experience doing that too. So, yeah, the Lawrence of Arabia, which is, a, I've never seen the movie, so I'm I'm not I'm like I'm familiar with it, mm-hmm. but I've never actually watched it. Um, and for them, and it, and when I saw that that get brought got brought up in this uh, behind the scenes gallery, it made total sense. I'm like, of course, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. they this is a movie that they would you know draw some inspiration from because it was such. 
an amazing and an iconic movie when it came out. And it still holds up today. I, was, I haven't watched it in like a couple of years, but I have seen it and oh, okay. it, it does hold up. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, and the train scene. Yeah. You know, they said it inspired from that movie, which I had no idea. But mm-hmm. it, it an amazing train scene. And, uh, you know, changed around to, to fit the Star Wars mold. But still, it's one of my favorite scenes when they take that train. You mm-hmm. know, and I think for you guys, too. I mean, what an mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. what amazing series of, of scenes and shots that was. Um, so, you know, there's. I feel like uh, the fact that they're not afraid to draw from other great things and take the Star Wars, but granted that does come from like where Lucas started with, you know, the Magnificent Seven, or I'm sorry, um, even further back than that. Seven Samurai. The Seven Samurai, thank you. (laughs) You know, and that whole thing. So Western Seven seven Samurai, that stuff, he drew his ideas to make Star Wars to begin with from that, so... Um, you know, finding the inspiration and turning it into a Star Wars thing. If this is the kind of thing we're getting, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, get their inspiration from anywhere they want. That's going to, going to make some more great Star Wars. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then you can even talk about how, when they were talking with Tamara Morrison about the character and where he started pulling in his roots and the Maori and then having all that, that I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, we we knew that we 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 could see that, but for him to talk about how he incorporated that, and not only that, but into his battle style, his fighting style, Bagaffi, with the beak and how the what the name mm-hmm. was and all that, and you think about all that little attention to detail, and I didn't even realize until I watched it, and then I on, on the rewatch, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what he's talking about. I see his punch and his turn and his how he's using that kind of beak and incorporating that and then pulling from his own roots into the whole thing. I'm like, man, how great is that? You know, and even going back with Kathleen Kennedy talking about how, you know, we found this great guy. We need to need to cast him and da, 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 and how they followed through with that. We're just having a great person behind <laughs> the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Another George move. Yeah. If you yeah. ever do Boba Fett, do something in the future. He's your guy, but yeah, yeah. Finding out that the Gaffy stick was like a, a Fijian mm-hmm. weapon, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I've mentioned this plenty of times too when we're talking about the show. But just that whole christening of him being accepted into the tribe was probably my as many cool scenes was in the show. That was my favorite scene of, of the show, and I haven't because of you know scheduling a work schedule. Um, I haven't done my actual full rewatch season rewatch, but watching the, this like instantly, I'm like, I really enjoyed the hell out of the show. Cause I know, you know, you watch it week by week, which I still like better than the full binge because mm-hmm. you can marinate with it a little bit more. But I mean, everything they showed, I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah, I like that episode. Yeah. The mods were a little bit, but that was kind of cool. But yeah, I, I, it really made me appreciate the entire season and, I know when when they showed the closing, they somebody was like, "Oh yeah, that that's a, a wrap for season one of the Book of Boba Fett." <laughs> right. I'm like, "Was that accidentally squeezing in there?" Because it was. Speci- I, I I know nobody knows at the time, but I mean, see whether it is our only season, but we know we're going to get more Boba. We're going to get more Finnick. Um, seeing their chemistry together, not just characters, but as actors. I mean, we haven't talked enough about Tamora, but I mean. Uh, we, we, we're definitely going to see more of them because you got two actors that are loving what they're doing. The fans love, love them 
and why not, you know? And every time you see Tamar Morrison, uh, not just in the behind the scenes stuff, but any, any social media stuff, anything that he's doing, he always seems like he's a very congenial guy. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? He's always very friendly, always very happy to be doing what he's doing. And I mean, he's part, part of us, but part of me says, well, of course he'd be happy. Who wouldn't be happy doing what he's doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, any, any job can have its downturns. I mean, there's a certain, you know, we're not going to get into that anyway. Um, but to see him always in a positive mood and enjoying what he's doing and having fun with it and rolling with things that may not be like, Oh, I mean, you know, he just rolls with, with whatever gets thrown at him. Um, it's great to see that, you know, and to see his explanation, his take on Boba Fett and where he thinks the story is going, all that kind of stuff. Also awesome to see, to see somebody else's perspective on it. You know, the person who's portraying that character and their thought process behind what's happening. Um, and the same goes for every, everyone else. I mean, that's part of why we like seeing Mark Hamill there because you see that there's a process to it. There's things that they think about. There's not, it's not just phoned in again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, they really did get lucky finding, finding mm-hmm. him yep. and, yeah. and casting him and, and having him be that. And, and cause he is also creating the story of Boba Fett too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got his input in there and how amazing is that? And by that we're lucky, yep. <laughs> you know, that he's, and Chad before we recorded said really something really cool about just his acting chops in general. Yeah. I think when you watch the show, maybe it's just because Tamora has been Boba and Django for so long that I just see Boba and Django as Tamora, but you hear him talking in just his normal dialect his normal pitch as a person and it's wildly different from Boba and Django and it just makes you realize god this guy is so great at acting that he like I see him as almost two different people like you could tell me they're twins and I I would believe you just because how wildly different they are and that's just you know he's an amazing actor and you just I don't think the world knows it enough Mm -hmm. Or is that we believe he's twins just because we've seen him so many times repeated on the on the screen? I mean, we've been kind of. I've heard your voice thousands of times. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen your face a hundred times in one screen. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I would believe it too, though. Yeah. This will be the last one. Yep. Totally believe it if you had a twin. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Oh man. So anyway, there there's you know and and we don't want to berate or go over every fine detail of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, there's some of the the highlights to it. There's always, you know, there's a reason why you should watch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one thing that I was kind of actually blown away with was how much of the rancor was actually the practical head (gasps) opposed to the, then with a digital body, but how seamless it looked. Cause I just assumed, especially during the, we, I mean, of course, the the close ups of the Rancor asleep, and I, yeah, I knew that was the the, the full size head bus that they they did. But the full action part of the uh, finale, that majority of that was the practical with Tamora on top. That just that really did blow me away. It's like Actually when you, when you think they know we know what they're doing, they just kind of surprise you again, and that was amazing. I love that the technology is at where it's at. Yeah. It's only going to get better too. I mean, the the engine that they're using, the Unreal Engine that they're using for this, I've, I kind of went on a little tech dive side 
view on YouTube and started watching a bunch of things that, that, um, Unreal Engine 5 has, has got going and all these little different videos that they're showing what it's capable of. And it is amazing, <laughs> amazing. And the fact that you can just generate these things, they're making it so that, and, and this is Unre- un, this is the, the engine and, and it's completely separate from Lucas and, and Disney and all that kind of stuff. But they are making it so that people can go scan objects 3d objects it becomes a 3d image in the program and then they can upload it into a free library for anybody to use yeah (laughs) so if you have these 3d scanners you can and and they made the engine free so anybody can download it to use Mm. it there's a library for people to use that they can, you know, they're talking about making games, but obviously you can use it for it because they're using it for, to, to make Star Wars. They're using it in the volume. And any anything, you scan something, you can scan your very own old chair, scan it in there, upload it, and if somebody likes it, they can plug it into whatever <laughs> thing they have, and there it is on, you know, forever in the internet or, or just in Unreal 5. It's crazy. And whatever else people want to okay. use it in a- any object, it's it, it's unreal <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to sound like a commercial, but it really is unreal. Wow. And so the fact that they're going to be able to do these things, imagine they can they make, especially these guys like even old school model makers for movies now can have a new life because <laughs> the more detail they make their model, then they scan it in and they can scale it up to whatever it wants. And then if they need to plug in some more detail, they can plug in some more detail digitally that way. I mean, it, it makes it, it would cut down on the time of having to compute yeah. whatever thing mm-hmm. if they do it. You know what I mean? It's just the, the to me, it just, it, it's endless. The possibilities yeah. are endless and it's amazing that that's what's there for them to use. And they plug it into the volume and it becomes something that you see on the show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you know, the marrying of both and then going back to the practicality of it, the, the other two characters that we both really enjoyed, they kind of covered them. I, I, I kind of want a little bit more. Chris Anton, you know, and Cad Bane. You know, you look at the two and then I, you know, they, they talked about it and, and the practicality of everything. And I'm like, man, like, again, the craftsmanship into that and the thought process of every little thing, even though I can't think of the actor's name who played Chris Hanton. Carrie Jones. Carrie Jones. Yeah. When they're talking to him about even, you know, how he was trying at every moment, whether he was acting or not, to try to have that that presence, that demeanor of just, you know, being Chris Hanton at, at any point in time. Man, how great was that? The only thing that I wish they would have talked more, they didn't They didn't interview the, the actor. Mm-hmm. And play Cad Bane. They did talk about the prosthetics and how that was his face and how they had to work with all that, you know, with the, the, the fake teeth and the whole thing. And I'm like, man, how cool is that? You know, you don't know, you can't tell where one begins and one ends. And, you know, again, a, a sign of, of, you know, perfection. So that, again, another part of it that just adds to the whole thing. When I saw that the mask they put on Carrie Jones, mm-hmm. Carrie Jones for Chris Anton, was actually he it, it couldn't know it could tell what his facial movements were doing yeah. and it translated into the mask that he was wearing so when you see him raise his eyebrow he's really ra- it's not a puppeteer that's off to mm-hmm. the side doing it that is his acting coming through 
chrysanthemum as chrysanthemum and that was that blew my mind i thought it was somebody off to yeah. the side. like we're so used to the puppeteers especially with the face it's animated like that but for the but the fact that they made a mask that he could put on move around and that part outside of the mask would move with whatever his facial movements were was new info to me i mean and that was amazing like how awesome is that i mean we talk about the the volume creating that environment for these actors to be in imagine you know being told you're gonna play a wookie and you're like okay great i'm just gonna wear this giant costume and they're like well no actually you're gonna get to talk you're gonna get to use your face everything you do is gonna be shown through this mask you're wearing but like that just put that that puts you in the scene and i think they kind of met uh, udi touched on it like he had that imposing presence and how how much stronger and easier it is to bring that out when literally every movement you have from your body to your face is shown in all your actions that's just that's so cool yeah, yeah. and it justifies the fact that we we're so giddy about that character mm-hmm. like how awesome and imposing and and just awesome. I'm going to say awesome again. He deserves <laughs> yeah. two awesomes. It was least. finally that second Wookiee that, like I said, we've been waiting for. Because like, I, I mentioned before, but we knew we were getting all the Wookiees in Revenge of the Sith. And we got Tarful. It was a, that was the next big other Wookiee. But the facial expression, it, it's kind of, they, they kind of, uh, they cut corners on that one, I'll mm-hmm. say. And even with Chewie, Chewie looked terrible in the Revenge of the Sith. But having an actor i mean finding the right actor to play a character like a mat you know like a, a creature peter mayhew Jonas now perfect as chewbacca and then K- casey carrie jones as chrysanthemum i mean like his eyes are so piercing i mean you feel like oh that's not a guy in a suit you feel like that's a badass wookie that's a wookie you know? <laughs> giving me the hairy eyeball yeah. like for real like literal <laughs> hairy eyeball. yeah hey, i don't want that yeah i don't i don't want none of that yeah yeah yeah, it's it's so amazing. I love that you mentioned the eyebrow raising face he gives because I can just see it in my head, and it's so great every time he does it yep. in the show. Yep, it makes me happy. <clears throat> the the little kid, the little kid inside of me that that loved Wookies <laughs> when when it was little, just makes me so happy to see that guy. And the way they described him, Chewie's like that that lab, that lovable dog. Kersandin's that Wolverine, <laughs> you know that that predator that. Yep. Yeah, we definitely got to see more of him in the future, in some oh, for sure. live action iteration somehow. They'll they'll figure out a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course the little uh, little highlight on Madame Garza. I didn't mind that. <laughs> right. Yeah, they talked about her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the mods they threw the mod in yeah. there real quick. Um, you could tell where they kind of like took their time. They're like, oh, we got to hurry up and talk about these characters mm-hmm. real quick. Like but, we can't forget their yeah. that and that. But yeah. Well, I mean, some of it, I feel like they're, how much is there really to say about them? I mean, they, yeah. kind of, they, they, not only did they use this behind the scenes to kind of show some of the tech that they use, but they also kind of use it to show, give a little more background to some of these characters that showed up because there wasn't really any, I mean, they were yeah. just there. So, you know, they gave them, they <laughs> talked about the mods a little bit, talked about the background with that, and then talked about the interplay of, which I gave zero thought to it. Didn't even think about it about the droids and how Din hated droids mm-hmm. and da, da da and then we have this whole new generation of people who are putting droid parts in them themselves yeah. <laughs> and how how that is just a completely different thing that Din has ever had to use you know we can't forget you know he was in this too yeah mm-hmm. you know so it's a, as Grogu because that's the whole reason why we had why <laughs> yeah. we had Luke in there 
Yeah, and and they, that going off of that, then it kind of built on and explain a little bit more why the whole you know the 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 back and forth with Grogu and you know the dad and his surrogate dad and you know we had Favreau talking about that or I'm sorry Filoni. And, and I thought that was cool that they went into that and kind of, because I know a lot of people were kind of like, I don't know, disappointed or they, they, they wanted Grogu. I was one of the guys who wanted Grogu to stay with Luke. I thought that would have been cool. And, and we talked about that and for them to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that whole dynamic where the thought process, I, I appreciate it. Cause I'm like, okay, that I see where they were thinking about why they had Grogu return to, to Din. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. To me, it's a story arc. And because a lot of people were whatever, you know, but um, I appreciated that, that they w- went into that part of it also to explain that and about family and the whole thing. So, um, and then, you know, with that brought in Bryce Dallas Howard, seeing her again is always good. Listening to her, her talk about that. And then I, one thing I, I laughed, she had her face shield. I said, BDH on a big old thing like, BD, don't touch. <laughs> No uh, touchy. No touchy. It's BDHs. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> two, uh, two things. First of all, uh, the reasoning behind um, Grogu going back to Den was so different from what our reasoning was. Like mm-hmm. we were like, Luke screwed up. This is his first. Remember we were talking about that? Yeah. yeah. And all that. And then their reasoning was so different. I was like, well, that's not what we thought would yeah. happen. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you guys are the ones making it. So, yeah. of course, you know, yeah. your, your, <laughs> your outlook is the best. Or what matters, mm-hmm. not ours. We just we're just over here, but just Star Wars geeks talking to, to yep. ourselves about Star Wars yeah. stuff. Um, and then now Bryce Dallas Howard. Now that you brought her up, I when we talked about her, we mentioned. Did we mention that she was in an episode of uh, Black Mirror? Mm-hmm. Okay, we did. I wanted to make sure because I just rewatched that episode <laughs> last last night, and. Oh my God, that is such a funny episode to see. <laughs> I got to watch it now. Now knowing what she's done and then to see her go into that. And not only is she a brilliant director, what an amazing actor she is. Like this is <laughs> what she does in that episode of Black Mirror is so different from anything else I've seen her do. You're like, is that, that's, that is her. <laughs> that really is. It. Look at her go. Oh my, it was amazing. And that episode of none if you guys have not seen this go at least watch that one i i can't i don't remember what it's called um i found it i'll, I'll look it i'll look it up i don't remember what it's called it's the one where where the social rating thing and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff and she just it, it not to give too much away but the end to that is like <laughs> one of my favorite ends to any show just because of what she's yelling <laughs> she's just screaming at just if you guys watch it I and like we're talking on the last episode if you want to hate her for an hour and a half watch the help because she's oh, brilliant no. in oh, that that's right but yeah, you'll no, hate her she's great yeah yeah <laughs> totally different things yep anyway all right so one thing i do want to say too about uh real quick um we're, we kind of talk about like uh going back in eu stuff and clone war stuff and you know, even uh world building knows that Nosedive, yes, that's yeah. it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, seeing Filoni actually kind of geek out on when he saw the mayor for the first time and actually mm. having the voice box translator, which mm. was first shown in Clone Wars. Right. On the Euthorians, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing that in, in full live action use. And he said, hearing the whale talk, but then having the voiceover, I mean, 
I actually see Filoni kind of geek out was was really cool. <laughs> What's to say? Yeah, no, I, I get that. Of course, you know, you, somebody who creates something and then they see it like become something else, come or come to fruition, or come to real life or whatever. Yeah, I get it. It's that's that's an awesome feeling, even for little things, because there are things that you make as you go along through life when you're making a bunch of stuff, and every once in a while, there's a little something that's like, oh yeah. Hey, I remember that. Look at it. Look yeah. at it now. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, so it, I mean, and it's all, it, it's great to see that they have these types of feelings. They're not some dis, aloof, disjointed people. They yeah. are in it for reasons and, and to constantly and consistently see that those reasons are valid. They're not BSing anybody. They are, this is the people they are. They really, truly care about this stuff. They're not just giving lip service to it. I mean, I don't know how much more proof you could possibly need <laughs> considering what they're putting out. But, yeah. you know, it's good to see that, that that is truly there. They are truly those people that are creating this because they love it. So, And every time we see a, a behind the scenes, it just gets reaffirmed. Oh, yeah. Every time we see it. So I was going to say, I, I love watching Star Wars, but I even equally love watching making of Star Wars. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. And, I, and it is a great, great addition to any Star Wars fans viewing, just watching any of the behind the scenes. So wish like they, it was at least two parts so they could take more time. Like Udi said with like Cad Bane and you know, the, the character actors and, and re- returning actors and stuff like that. They kind of glossed over a few of them a little too quick, but I get it. Yeah. So. There was some, like they, they made zero mention of the, uh, the Disney, um, bot robot. Oh, right. And I thought yeah. they might have like said something about it, but no, they didn't. They didn't bring it up. <laughs> no music, which the music was not Mandalorian standards mm-hmm. in my opinion, but it was it was okay. But I, even I don't know. I would have loved to see even a quick little, uh, not gag reel, but a little compilation of uh, Amy Sedaris uh, just mm-hmm. improving mm-hmm. lines. Even you know, just kind of beep. You know, hey yeah. Mando, beep beep. Mm-hmm. You know, just yep. You know, that would have been great. Yep. Yeah, they didn't do. They didn't cover any of the music at all. No. Did they? I mean, nope. and there's 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 quite a bit of new music in this. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I, that you know, part is a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, the other one. Wow. Well, I can't remember the droid. The droid that she has. Um, BD. Yeah. They didn't cover that. Like, I mean, the deep cuts that. They talk about it in the other ones. That that's one thing about this one that was a little bit different. They didn't go into the deep, deep cuts, which we're gonna. I mean, not it's a gripe, not a big deal, but we like them. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah. Well, we we know they're deep yeah. cuts because we know what they are. Yeah. But I just you know I I feel like well I mean <laughs> so people like like us who are into that would be the ones watching the behind the scenes Correct. and probably know all this stuff. I don't know if other people would who aren't that interested in it wouldn't know what the deep cuts nor would they be watching the behind the scenes They're like hey, i watch a show i don't need to see the rest yeah, yeah. so i was like to come like connect the dots like oh see this this is from clone wars this is from the comics so it would i'm surprised like udi said they didn't mention oh this is you know mm-hmm. bringing in a video game character world so yeah the but, thread yeah but like i said you know we're the ones that like how come you're not doing it when we like all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and like you're, you're you're alluding to like we're the we're, we're the audience right there and we're the ones that are gonna be like yes I like that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. 
Yeah, well, there's a few other things in there uh, that, you know, I mean, again, worth watching either way, even though there's some stuff that we might feel they, they should have or went over too quickly, but always glad to see the behind the scenes stuff now. It's definitely become uh, a staple to, you know, a series mm-hmm. anymore. So I'm glad they're doing it. I hope they don't give up on doing it. I hope they keep doing it for each one. Like, I'd be very interested to see the behind the scenes for uh, the Obi-Wan uh-huh. series coming out. Cannot you know I mean? wait. There's got to be some juicy stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So that'll be great. And, um, you know, Ahsoka's in, in film. They're, they're in production. In production now. They're great way to announce it, I thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're doing it. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some cool behind the scenes stuff there, too. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I hope they stick to it. Yep. I definitely enjoy enjoy it some more star Wars. Like I keep saying, even if it's behind the scenes, star Wars, it's always new more star, star Wars. Wars is good. Star Wars. So, all right. Well, anything else about the behind the scenes you guys want to talk about? No, I just want to kind of repeat what I said earlier. It just reminded me actually how much I enjoyed the season and I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. Uh, sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me how much I enjoyed the earlier episodes of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Because I think we got all got as soon as the Mando showed up, it's just like the Book of Boba Fett becomes the last two three episodes. But the first ones and the the whole transition through the Tuscan tribe and Tamora talks about it. It's really shows the transition transition of Boba needing to find his place in the mm-hmm. galaxy and his family, and it just made those episodes <laughs> mean and feel a lot more. And like Joey said, the the him accept, getting accepted into the tribe and then tribal dance, like those, it, it was just brilliant. It's very much <laughs> worth rewatching. Yeah, we didn't even really mention the filming of the escape of the Sarlacc. Hell, mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. <laughs> like, yep, more guts, that. more slime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and seeing but, that. Yeah. I, it, yeah, I agree that the scene uh, or hearing and being told about the process and what was happening with Boba Fett and the fact that he was becoming uh, a, a new Boba Fett, not the same old Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um you know, part of the whole thing. Like, why did he go through all this stuff? Because he was he was done with that old life, be- becoming someone mm-hmm. new. A changed man. Yep. Yeah, and then that plays all the way through to his final battle with Cad Bane, the whole, you know, he's that and he's that, and you're like, no, well, not really anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I might have been that in the past, but mm-hmm. I'm not that anymore. Yeah. And a, building a new tribe mm-hmm. piece by piece, mm-hmm. one by one. So... Oh man, now I want to watch it again. <laughs> I know. Again, all over again too. Yep. Yep. Oh man. That that was that really was such a great great series. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing about the behind the scenes too. It also brings that that extra appreciation of what you've mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. and yeah. The stuff we're knocking early that we I don't say we didn't understand, but we're like why they do that, but then you get the explanation like, "Oh, okay. That's why you're making movies and that's why I'm talking." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, yeah, talking exactly. to 13 people listening <laughs> to the podcast. A very important and appreciated 13 people. Yes. I might add. Love you Is it that many? No. <laughs> I thought it was just us four. Well, I listened seven times to build a <laughs> Oh, and then one me. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, all right. So well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap that up with the behind the scenes. I know uh, I briefly mentioned it already, but we have very soon here coming is Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi. <laughs> mm. Okay, 
Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I'm wait, I can't wait for the next hello there. Have you seen Everybody's all these so Uncle happy. Owen memes coming out? Yeah. <laughs> no, not hilarious. all of them. I've seen a few. Oh. They're funny. There's some, some funny They're stuff. good. They're good. Yeah. One of the funniest ones is, it's a, it's a clip from Revenge of the Sith. And Are you really going to talk okay. about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's, it's Anakin talking to uh, uh, Padme. He's like, they can't save you. Only my new powers can save you, Padme. And then it goes to Owen, like it saved your mother. <laughs> then it goes back to Anakin, like, aw. <laughs> I guess it's more of a visual thing. That's just messed up. Yeah. That's what memes are, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying we're really going to talk about it. That's okay. That's all right, Joe. So anyway, <laughs> Obi-Wan is coming. We're obviously very excited about it. Uh, can't wait to see what they do with that. Can't wait to, to hear who's going to say hello to hello there to mm-hmm. first. And how many times? We're going to have to keep track of how many times he yeah. says hello there. I was going to think if we do uh, the Obi-Wan kind of like Build up show. I, I think we should do like a little uh, scorecard. We, you know, it'll be. I'll, I'll have to brainchild it in a little bit, but I'm, I'm thinking like we each call like at least five things that we think we're going to see in the season and see brain, what actually happens. Brainchild or brainstorm. Whatever. I'm tired, man. Okay. Me too. That's <laughs> Predictions. Fine. Yeah. That'll work. Once he's going to say it once. If that. He's going to say it once each episode. Once the whole series. If you beat me to it at all. I'm going one Come time. Come on, man. Why really? Why are you gonna crush it now? Oh, man. <laughs> you guys. This is the last time we record this late at night. <laughs> wrong not the right kind of energy happening right now. Or is it I need the positive vibes? Come on. One positive on. thing is uh I don't want to talk too much about like I don't say news or rumors, but uh Annie Christensen gave a interview is that he binge watched Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. just to feel better about uh you know where his character is at this time, and uh, also uh, he recently said that the fight scenes are a lot closer to the prequel style lightsaber fights. Really? Yes. Fight scenes. Well, I mean, we know that there's going to be Inquisitors, obviously, from the trailer. If anybody's mm-hmm. seen the trailer to mm-hmm. it, except for Chad, did you see the trailer? Yeah. Then? Okay. I've seen the most recent one. I don't want to dissect it too much because it's already late, but. God, how chilly is it when that Inquisitor screams to you assume is Obi-Wan, you can't escape him. I'm just like, ah. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. So. So we're looking forward to that. Yes. Followed closely by Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget Bad Batch. Hey, it's... I still am holding to the fact that the second season of Bad Batch is going to be like the other animated series. They pick up their stride. They become really worth watching. And all the stuff that's happened in the first season will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Hot take for season two of Bad Batch. Chronolo- chronologically wise, this is pre-Rebels still. And right. we got a little taste of Mount Tantus. I think we're going to get Thrawn prequel before we get live action Thrawn in Ahsoka. Ooh, Thrawn, I like that hot take. Up, upcoming or up the upbringing of Thrawn. The the how, how does the Chiss get into the Empire? Not, which which they've already touched a little in the yeah. books, but it's never been covered I in any animation or live action. Oh my, oh my, that yeah. would be an interesting. Story I think that's like. how you get people interested in and watching another season of the Bad Batch. Well, there are. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: there are. It's fans. There are a lot of people that are like, I yeah. can't wait. It's, it's awesome. definitely how you get us interested. Yeah, exactly in it, to watch it for sure. 
I mean, there's got to be a strong imperial element to it because that's what kind of drives the show, and they're not going to do the same old tired Darth Vader, Emperor, Grand Moff Tarkin. And I think we'll get somebody new. That would be amazing. Like I said, especially leading mm-hmm. into Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hey, good. Well, I hope that's what it is now. Yeah. So there's also that. It's not just Obi-Wan. And then uh, further on down the road is... Uh, Andor, which I'm hearing is end of August, early September. So Okay. I still, I'm still a little ambivalent about that whole thing, but whatever. And then uh, at the end of the year, our favorite will be back. The Mandalorian. I, um, Season three. I heard, so when, when I drive my son to school, we have, uh, on Pandora, we have the Mandalorian channel that we, we've made for him to listen to because he loves the Star Wars music too. And uh, on Wednesday, driving him to school in the morning, the credit uh, score came on for Mando. <laughs> you know, the, the, and that last little thing, you know, at the very end of it, yeah. right when the credits are finishing, I was like, man, I missed that show. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for season three. Like, how, how awesome is it that music can yeah. instill that kind of thing in you to, to, to make you excited about something that's coming? So I can't wait until I hear that again at the end credits of episode one of season three of Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even bring it up, but when you asked what we did for May the 4th, I mentioned work. Actually, all day I was working, I was listening to my Star Wars playlist. So, of course, nice. a lot of John Williams therapy, but of course, Ludwig was in, in the mix. So, made made for a good day. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, that's a, that's the uh, quick rundown for the rest of the year, too, as far as the Star Wars shows that are coming out on Disney+. Plus. And rumored still. Oh. Uh, the I, I brought it up already, but uh, Vision Season 2 mm-hmm. is rumored for October. October, November release. Oh. So, but it's not confirmed. Mm. I'm sure we'll find out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Equally awesome. Yes. And hopefully we'll find out if maybe even some of those ones we thought might continue on will mm-hmm. do get continued They said there's, on. from what I've heard, there's more than just the one, which we assume the uh, ninth Jedi mm-hmm. yeah. was the one that was actually the director said that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. There is more. But I've heard there's I've heard uh, the brother and sister one, and mm-hmm. of course Ronan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've heard I think that those are the three main that might have continuing stories, and the rest uh, are new stories. And that would make sense. So it's definitely felt like ones yeah. that were just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. That yep. that would be more to watch, and and also ones that we were excited to watch because yeah. <laughs> the difference in style for all three of them and still very much want to see all three of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Loved them. Loved all three of those. Anyway. All right. Well, God, man, that would be great <laughs> if that came out this year too. That'd yeah. be awesome. There is one more thing that's coming out this year on Disney plus that was just announced. I'll just kind of cut into a few news real quick. Yeah. Go um, right ahead. And they're doing a panel at a celebration, but it's a new show that's coming out, I believe in June. I don't have the dates, but it's called light magic, light and magic. It's a documentary on industrial light and magic uh, that's going to be on Disney Plus. So basically, I mean, we're going to see basically the early days of gallery yep. uh, from the beginning of Star Wars to probably up to, I'm saying, 
Mando season three. Mm-hmm. And that could cover so much because yeah. oh, yeah. industrial light and magic has, you think of a movie and they've probably touched it in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are very much involved in so many different things. If anything has a special effects, like high end special effects, chances are they had something to do with yep. it. Yeah. And in the last in the last, what, 30 years, 40, 40 years? plus years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What an amazing yeah. company that is. <laughs> Absolutely, and we're going to see a lot of that stuff this summer, especially with Jurassic World, the the final one coming mm-hmm. out, and which and Bryce Dallas Howard is in that also, yeah. right? So yeah, get to see. So and that, that kind of goes to a little bit of my my the final part of my news, but I'm just going to touch a little bit on a, a Star Wars celebration. Uh, I, I was kind of going through the list of Mandalorian Mandoverse guests that are going to be appearing. Uh, just a few days ago, they actually announced tomorrow Morrison is going to be a guest. Nice. Um, Right now, there's only one guest that has sold out. That's Hood McGregor. So mm-hmm. that oh, sold out surprise. quick. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, tomorrow would be great, so especially with him and Daniel Logan reuniting. Um, just had the Jeremy Bullock. It's not going to be there. But, um, it, yeah, a lot of Mandoverse uh, actors are going to be there, which is really cool. Uh, this is really amazing. One of the best uh, booths or areas usually at Celebration is the Rancho Obi-Wan uh, display. And... For those of you who might not know, if you listen to Star Wars podcast, you should know. Uh, Rancho Obi-Wan, Steve Sansweet's the biggest Star Wars collection in the world, uh, just outside of, pretty close to... Uh, Petaluma. Pet, yeah. And um, so I said, it's always one of the great uh, spots, but they're actually doing a special uh, presentation inside Rancho Obi-Wan called Boba Fett to Bo-Katan, the Evolution of Mandalorians Exhibit. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so I am going to be taking a lot of pictures and video. From awesome. that one, since right on. uh, we are all fans of Boba Fett and Bo-Katan. So, hopefully I run into one Katie Sackhoff or Tamora Morrison somewhere in that exhibit. Because that would be amazing. That would be awesome. So, uh, the last little bit of news, not rumors. Uh, we were talking about Jurassic World and Bryce Dallas Howard. She was recently doing an interview, uh, plugging the movie. I want to say it was like Gizmo or Gizmodo, some magazine. Gizmodo. Okay. Thank you. Of course, they asked her about, like, not just Jurassic World, but, hey, you know, what about, you know, Star Wars? And so they, she, well, first of all, she hinted at uh, she is directing at least an episode in Ahsoka, which. Nice. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And they asked her about the possibility of even helming her own movie. And she's like, all they got to do is ask. Mm -hmm. So basically, she's. Ready to do a Star Wars movie? Yep. And I just kind of want to put this question <sighs> to you guys: Do you want it? Would you prefer if it was one of the new standalone, a new saga, or would you like to see possibly the whatever the the culmination of the Mandoverse ending in a full feature? Would you want her to direct that? Or what would so you know? I'm going to go first. So yeah, yeah. Dave Filoni for sure would be directing that. Correct. Um, or, or Favreau. Him Both and, of them. Him and Favreau and Filoni would, would should. They'd Coen Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would love it if Bryce Dallas Howard did part of the new saga. Yeah. New Star Wars saga. Be part of that whole thing. That would be great. Along with Taika Waititi. Uh-huh. Having her be part of that. I mean, it would be amazing. Um Take any of these collaborators in the Mandoverse that have worked under Favreau and Filoni, and I'm sure they would collaborate brilliantly mm-hmm. on a new trilogy. Um, I'm kind of, I want a trilogy. I don't want another standalone feature. Yeah, um, same I, here. I, I want to, mm-hmm. like, I want a story to continue something. You know, agree. 
I agree. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm completely in agree in agreement with you. Uh, I would give her. I I don't really care where what era you'd put her in. I I mean I would lean more towards where we're at now, um, only because I think her roots are more there, and I and not that it would make her work, you know, harder. But I think that would be more in the wheelhouse. And yeah, I definitely want her to helm. Give her three. Don't give her one, give her three. And and I think um, looking at how great of a talent, how talented she is, that it would be amazing. So yeah, yeah. Give, her, give her a trilogy. I'm all for that. Yeah, I you know what? I agree with all you guys. I know that for me, like a year ago, maybe two, the easy answer was, oh, give her solo two, which I still want to see. But you know, after her third episode, after the Return of the Mandalorian, how she's upped it the game every season, and I'm counting Book of Boba as season three still. But you know, from season one to two to mm. two point five, she's just upped it every time. And yeah, give her uh, a new trilogy. So okay, I might say something controversial here. Um, I I'm I'm good with them just being done doing Star Wars for for. This, uh, other than the Mando show and or Mando show, Mandalorian available on Spotify <laughs> and, and Apple Podcasts. And you know the the stuff they're doing on Disney Plus right now, awesome. Keep that going. But as far as movies go, I very much want them to just focus on a completely new saga, a completely new trilogy, a completely new new nine part movie. What well, I don't I don't care. But move move past this. Keep doing the stuff on Disney Plus because it works. It works amazingly well. You have time to do it and develop it, and 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 filling filling out this timeline in Star Wars that we all love so much. I think that's a great place to do it. But don't spend any more time making movies that are in this era. Move forward mm-hmm. with the new movies. That way, we can still tell stories in the era that we're that we love now. But then open up whole new opportunities for new stories on Disney plus again in a new area. Once a new era, once they've, you know, got a couple movies under their belt in the new area era and fill out that story some more on Disney plus. So, and I think that's, that's where they should definitely go with it. And I, I think, uh, yeah, any more movies in this, in this area is, is not, it's yeah. not needed. Keep doing the Disney plus besides that, the doing it on Disney plus you get more, than just a movie time uh, as you know we've seen you get 10 episodes and that's what four movies worth of story yeah. i mean come on right, what are we doing what are we doing with the with the <laughs> staying the the movies at, at this era so move move they need to move forward for sure and do it with bryce yes Taika Waititi, bryce Chow. rick i think i think rick fumiao is deserving Him, fumiao so. yes for sure i think did chat I, I know we're running over the time clock here but I, did you mention even how rick would be a great director for a uh even more behind the scenes of like an empire themed movie or i don't know maybe i was thinking something different never mind he still deserves a movie though sure i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know don't put me on the spot like that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway so we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up now um Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate any comments, feedback. Um, you know, tell your friends about us. We're we're Star Wars nerds. Tell your Star Wars nerds friends about us, and we talk about all this stuff. Uh, get a hold of us on our socials. 
We'll be happy to talk to you. Any questions, opinions, anything like that, we'd be happy to talk about them. Um, I think uh, next time we're going to be doing a little Obi-Wan prequeling and then should be the series coming in full, coming in hot. Coming in hot real takes. hot. Hot takes. Get your hot takes. Next An- episode. Another happy landing. Mm-hmm. Oh, not that hot. Sorry. Yeah. No, that hot. Okay. That kind we're of hot. We're coming in hot. All right. Anyway. So, Still flying half a ship. Sorry. That's okay. Any awesome. any other any other ones you want to throw out real quick? One more. I and have a high ground. Good one. Yeah. I loved you, Anakin. You're my brother. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, and you went dark. Okay. So anyway. I failed you. There we go. I had to throw Thanks. one in. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Hopefully, Joe will just edit all this garbage out. You have done that yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Bazinga. Oh, man. All right, guys. So, we are going to get together and talk about upcoming Obi-Wan. If you haven't seen the behind the scenes, we haven't spoiled everything. Go watch it. It's worth watching. And not to mention, we're not the the behind the scenes episode. There's going to be a lot more clearer stuff put forward and make you appreciate Boba Fett even more. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Even more. So watch it. Enjoy it. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. So until then, from this covert of four, we want to remind you, this is the way. This, this is, is the way. way.